Welcome to Old Fashioned Finance, the podcast that mixes cocktails and high finance. I'm your host, Caleb Frankert, and I'm joined by my good friend and fellow money muddler, Jason Burnell. Caleb, can a podcast about finance be entertaining? Not without alcohol. Woo! Well, let's mix it up. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that thing. Let's do exactly that. <laughs> Jason, yes, you're back. I'm here. Here I am. If you're listening, you didn't even know that he was gone. But That's right. He was gone, and now he's back. I am. How are you feeling? I feel pretty good. I feel good. You... Like a new man. <laughs> That's well, funny in so many ways. <laughs> I guess we don't have to talk about everything on the podcast, but I'm glad that you're back. Yes. I'm glad that you're feeling good-ish. Feel good. Okay. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, is this your first drink since uh, yes. your operation? Yes. It's... Uh... <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> Come into this with an open mind, Jason. I am. I am. Okay? I'm going to try my best because, right. you know, any drink at this point is going to be great. Hey, guess what? what? There's gin in it, not al- uh, not vodka. So yeah. it's... Yes. There's that. Yeah. It might be But there's also... Oh. There's also... Oh. Uh, you can't see this at home. He lost <laughs> his cherry. <laughs> Just dropped right in the drink. What a disappointment. Oh, that's okay. It's still in there. Okay. okay. So, Jason, <laughs> we're talking about, well, a, a new cocktail that I'd never heard of until I did a little bit of research. There's got to be a tuxedo number one out there. I just don't yeah. know where it is. We're going to find it someday. <laughs> we're going to drink the tuxedo number two. Oh, that makes uh, sense. I didn't really go into history on this one, but it's kind of an old-timey one. Definitely. Um, and you know how I know it's an old-timey one? Because absinthe is in the recipe. Womp womp. <laughs> which is why you're a little disappointed, I'm sure. Uh, we're also going to talk about, on today's episode, number 56... How to prepare for a recession. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so I just like have pictures of like flames and pitchforks. Yeah. And, like, bad stuff. I don't know. This is uh there there's ominous music playing in yes, the background. Yes, cue the ominous music. <laughs> Jason preparing for a recession. Are we just fishing for uh, downloads at this point <laughs> absolutely come on <laughs> well we'll get into that in a we second. will yeah let's talk about the booze we're drinking the tuxedo number two today this one requires some stuff that you might not have sitting around at home so let's get right into it the first step of this cocktail is where i lost jason a quarter <laughs> of an ounce of absinthe to rinse so you know, I mean everyone knows absinthe is you know it's black it's black licorice. Yeah yeah it's uh I we'll go back and forth on how to pronounce it. Anise anise An- anise anise it's not it's not nice. It's disgusting. We've used this maybe <laughs> one other time on the podcast. It's always a it's always a rinse. Yeah yeah yeah. Cuz it's strong stuff. It is. It's actually interesting interesting fact about absinthe. So this runs at like 62 65% somewhere in that range. Right. You know the reason absinthe was so dangerous in the past was it was made with wormwood. Yeah. And they weren't allowed to do that for a while. Guess what? Wormwood's back. <laughs> oh, really? It's back. I didn't yeah. know this. Yeah, they're, they're making it with wormwood. It's, from what I can understand, heavily regulated and tested, of course. Jeez. To make sure that it doesn't kill you. Right. <laughs> or really, more, more than anything. So that's the bad part. <laughs> yeah, hallucination. Hallucination yeah, was right, a big thing. And right. then what you do when you're hallucinating, right? Yeah. So Wormwood, I, I don't think we're going to hallucinate, but just in case I've locked all the doors and closed <laughs> the windows. <laughs> so, okay. A quarter of an ounce of absinthe, just to rinse. Two and a quarter ounces of gin. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely needed for recessions. <laughs> gin. Half, half an ounce of white vermouth. Here's where I wonder. I, I put 
dry vermouth in there. Right. We have Carpano. A quarter of an ounce of maraschino liqueur. We use Luxardo. Yep. So you might not have that one laying around either. That's kind of tough to find here in Ohio. Four dashes of orange bitters. Garnish with an orange twist and a brandied cherry. So you're going to rinse your cocktail glass with the absence and get rid of it. The best place for it. <laughs> Down the drain. And then you add all of the other ingredients into your mixing glass or your shaker. Shaker, yeah. And stir it up, mix it up, whatever, and then strain into the cocktail glass. This, this is a cold drink. Yes. Yeah. It's a cold drink. Yep. So we're not drinking it on the rocks. We've strained into a cocktail glass. It's nice and frosty. Let's let's try it out, Jason. I know you Cheers. have your, your conceptions. Eh. All Let's right. see. What do we think here? I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. Oh, that's Ooh. not that bad. Hey, what I the, like it. What the heck? I I downright like that, Jason. Huh. Um. Okay. So get oh, a little bit a, of the licorice. There's a, little, there's a little burn at the end down in my down in my. Is it kind of like the Kentucky hug yeah. you get from bourbon? Yeah. From whiskeys? Yeah. Huh. Uh, Either you know that what? or since it's my first drink in a while, it might <laughs> that, be a heart attack. Be. <laughs> that could be. The maraschino liqueur, which also has a little bit of that licorice flavor. I'm getting the sweetness, though. You know what? That's, a, that's shockingly good, actually. Don't think I would have pulled the absinthe out of there, actually. No, because I think that's actually where that little Kentucky burn is coming from, you know, down in the kind of in the stomach a little bit. Wow. I like it. And I think there's a little bit of that huh. uh, juice from the Luxardo cherry dripping down. It, and Yeah, that's sweetened it up a little four, bit. Four dashes of uh, orange bitters. Well, we like orange bit. I mean, the, I guess there's some makings. We like gin. Well, we like, we I like, think it's offsetting that bitter, though. It is. And it actually, is. it's taking some of the pininess out of the gin, right. which I'm a fan of. Uh, but it, this is a good drink. I'm surprised. This is, uh, you know, back when they, back when they knew what the heck they were doing with cocktails. I like this, Jason. Yeah. We're going to have to remember this one. Cool. Huh. We're trying it home. Wow. I had so many preconceived notions. Yeah. <laughs> hey, a little bit of absinthe goes a long way. I think the Luxardo Maraschino liqueur is uh, what's making this drink. Actually, yeah. we had this. We had both of these ingredients on in a brandy cocktail right. a while back, and it was just okay for me. I think this is the drink that it belongs in. Well, it makes sense. We like gin. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. All right. Let's move on to the finance topic. Yeah. How to prepare for a Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first, let's let's throw a disclosure out there, Jason. We're yeah. not calling for a recession here, right? No, we're, we're not. I mean, there will be a recession. I mean, sometime in the next decade. Probably. Yeah. Most likely. <laughs> when was the last recession? Well, 2000, 2020. Yeah. Technically, technically speaking. Yeah. I mean, it was a really short one. But so definition of recession is pretty... I mean, there's there's variations. Two two quarters of negative GDP. Yeah, consecutively. Yeah, right? I mean, and we had a negative GDP uh, number. For, Breaking news. Yeah. Beep 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 yeah. beep beep. We heard that today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we ha- we have one quarter in. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's this is just like headline. Definitely trying to pull people in. Recession is scary, a scary word, but yeah. Before we embark, I guess right. what I'd like to say is recession is something that people worry about because the, and let's not call, I, I don't even really call the March 2020, the COVID recession. I don't really even look at that. Like we, that was self-induced, right? Sure. We shut things down and we forced that upon ourselves. We knew going in that this was going to be a technical recession, but I think what everybody worries about is the last real recession that we saw, uh, 2008, 2009. Sure. The Great Recession, and not all recessions are built 
that way. Right? No, not all are alike. Yeah, I mean, I think here where people, you know, know and kind of the common sense was alarming all the money that we sent to people during the COVID shutdown, you know, there's consequences to that. And so I would argue about that. Wait, wait, wait. Are, you're saying there are consequences to printing 40% more money than what's already in <laughs> circulation and just sending it out? When you when you put money into people's pockets, they tend to go out and buy things. Yeah. And so... You know, I know I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sweet new COVID boat, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Disclaimer, I did not buy a boat. <laughs> I think that the consequences are kind of coming home here now. and The chickens are coming home to roost. That's right. And so you could argue that this is maybe a bit manufactured as well. But how we deal with it is really the key. Well, and how we dealt with this last one was kind of how we dealt with 0809. Sure. So we're using the same playbook. And, you know, I think as financial advisors, we've said, eh, at some point, inflation's going to set in. Right. At some point, we're going to have to deal with this. Rates are going to have to go up. We might be sitting at a crossroads. I, I'm, okay, going to place my foot squarely in my mouth here. Awesome. I'm not calling for a recession this year or maybe even next year, I guess. It could happen. Um, but the bottom line is this. It's part of the plan. It's part of the normal business cycle. And so, that's why this is so important. This yeah. is common sense. Prepare stuff. for it. because just Prepare because, for anything. <laughs> let, let's say a recession comes along, right? We, we don't usually know when it happens, but we know that they do happen. Right. This is why you should always be prepared for recession, right? right? So Absolutely. Let's, let's dive in and talk about how we prefer, prepare for a recession. If you're out there listening, you go, these guys are knuckleheads. They don't know what they're talking about. We're going to recession. Now what do I do, Jason? Let's, yep. let's talk about a few practical steps. Areas. Yeah. Kind of like we do with a lot of these. We, we hit on a few main topics. So let's talk about debt. Okay. Debt. What do we do about our debt if we're convinced that we're going to recession? Max out your credit cards, baby. <laughs> Buy food supply. <laughs> Just kidding. I, I put in here, if, if we are preparing for a recession, which we should always be prepared for. So the, what you're going to find here, there's a common theme. Do smart things all the time. Right. right? Pay down high interest debt. Goodness um, gracious. Think of like your consumer debt, right? I mean, we did touch on this here, though, where we, we just said that, you know, in, the Fed's increasing interest rates. Mm -hmm. You know, that's going to trans transition to yeah. everything that has an interest rate associated well, with it. Savers, I think when they hear the Fed uh, is going to raise interest rate, they think immediately, oh, good, CDs are going to make sense again. Nope. It's mm -hmm. like banks are going to increase margin is what's going to yeah. happen. And that's exactly what's happening already. So where's the first place that we see interest rate hikes? I mean, credit cards. Yeah. Uh, any variable rate loans. We got to sure that stuff up. And it, listen, even if rates have gone up, when you listen to this podcast and you're like, well, rates were so much lower six months ago. Yeah, they were. You should have done this then. But it's but, not too late. They're still really low. Yeah, exactly. If you haven't, don't fret. They're still historically low. Exactly. The fact of the matter is we've been in a historically low interest rate environment for going on 15 years. Ask your your like family, anyone that bought a house in the 1980s, mm -hmm. You know, they were paying interest rates that were double digits. So... Guys, a 5% mortgage on a, is not like a it's bad thing. It's still a good deal. Okay, so just, you know, get the, get your household in order, consolidate those loans into things that, you know, that are going to be fixed rates. Yeah. And I think that makes a ton of sense right so now. So you're talking about taking variable rates if you have a, if you still are one of the few that has an adjustable rate mortgage out there. For golly sake. <laughs> For goodness golly sake. <laughs> if you haven't done it, fix that baby. Yeah. Fix it now. So these are arms these yeah. are variable rate home equity loans. You know, don't don't bemoan the fact that you a month ago could have gotten a percent less by fixing. Don't don't wait. 
Now's the time to do it. And and don't feel bad because we're still in a historically low rate environment. That arm could double. Absolutely. Easily. I mean, it could go right to the maximum contract uh, mm-hmm. rate and you could really be in a situation where mm-hmm. you couldn't afford your mortgage payment. Right. How in the world... Why would you want to go through that in the middle of a recession? Yeah. The good right? thing is home values are still... Very high. Very high. So right. if you're looking at refinancing or doing any of this stuff right now, you should appraise out. So pay down the high interest, the consumer debt, credit cards obviously are a big one. Fixing variable rates, that's another big one. How do we go about doing this? Well, there's there's a couple of schools of thought. We both like Dave Ramsey and the snowball yeah. uh, method, right? But I also think if, if you're convinced that recession is on the horizon, that it's looming, you know, think about what's going to free up monthly. Right. Uh, income. But How do I get cash well. flow going? Yeah, cash. Right. Think about if you're looking at paying, what I'm trying to pay off first, think about what's going to give you the most flexibility on a monthly basis. Well, do you do you think that like in this case, you get things kind of organized, get the interest rates fixed up, mm-hmm. organize it as the debt snowball, that's fine. But do you think that piling up a little bit of cash, maybe more than the debt snowball theory of only having a $1,000 mini emergency fund makes sense? If you truly think that we're headed to a slowdown and it might impact your industry or... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I Okay. So I think that if you've listened to this show, you know that we like Dave Ramsey. He says really practical, good, good sense kind of stuff. Yeah. But I I don't... It's not gospel all the time, right? You know, uh, my wife and I had this conversation the other day. Should, Should we stockpile a little bit more cash? Is it okay to deviate from these steps a little bit? Yeah, I think so. If you're convinced that recession is on the horizon, then go for it. Yeah, but Stock if you've got a little bit of cash, let's 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 be practical here. But if you've got five times your annual expenses, sure, saved in a savings account because you think recession is looming, that's yeah. that is not practical. Well, and and if you've if you you might be <laughs> one of those who has been of the the school of thought that recession has been looming for fifteen years and it just hasn't happened, right? So, but they're going to be right. The, exactly. Eventually. A broken clock is right <laughs> twice a day. So, uh, and, and there are episodes you can go back and list, listen to uh, the Whiskey Smash episode, uh, how much cash is too much cash, uh, all that kind of stuff. Look at the order of savings. But, but I, I, could, also, I can make the argument, pile a little bit more cash maybe. Yeah. You know, take your maybe $1,000 emergency fund and maybe build it to like four or $5,000. You have to be able to balance that though with... Do I want to sit on more cash or if I plop it down on what's left of this car loan, can I knock out $600 of, of cash flow that's right. on a monthly basis too, right? For sure. So that's, yeah. that's extremely valuable because I think what everybody's concerned about in a recession is jobs, right? Yeah, yeah. Cuts, sure. layoffs, and things like that. So yeah, that's that's a good segue, which, Jason, into the next the, the, the next area here, which sure. is kind of reevaluating the budget. Right. Right. You know, I think that this is, if you've listened to the podcast, you've listened to us talk about budgeting, you know that that's a living, breathing thing. Yep. <laughs> and, and I had a, a phone call with a prospect earlier today, and we were talking about setting up a budget. Now, w- what I told him is what you, you don't want to do is think that oh, I'm going to set this budget up and this thing is going to be the same. And, and now I can check budget off the list. Yeah. It's something that you you work with, that you reevaluate, you go back to on a monthly basis. It's yeah, be prepared. Be prepared to be wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, like you're going to have to make adjustments. It's usually the dollars that don't have a name that end up getting kind of out of hand in yeah. a budget situation. You know, they turn into going out to eat or buying 
a really good deal on a used guitar that somebody <laughs> might have done. <laughs> uh, you know what? It's better than money in the bank at this point, Jason. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guilty. The value, the value of that guitar has gone up 20% over the last two years. So. Okay. Uh, okay. That's a different episode. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think looking at the budget again is essential. So again, something that's common sense, that's practical all the time. Right. Is revisiting the budget. And I, I think looking at locking that thing down and reevaluating and prioritizing items in the budget, right? So this is something that we talk about a lot of times. Getting rid of silly subscriptions, you know, that's an easy one right off the top. There's tons of them. Look, I had a gym membership for two years and I didn't want to go in and cancel it because of the shame that went along with it. <laughs> but if I'm not using it, why am I paying for it? So when was the last time you used that gym membership? Yeah, apparently uh, just being fat is enough. <laughs> it's not enough shame. <laughs> uh, so that's part of me preparing for a recession. I'm oh, storing reserves. I right? understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Think about it, though. And Um, not loving Taco Bell. I will never not love Taco Bell. And that's actually recession friendly. Okay. (laughs) Think about like uh, your streaming services, right? Right. Uh, We all kind of jump around. I haven't watched Netflix in months because there hasn't been anything good or worthwhile that's new to Netflix. So I just cut Netflix. What about Prime? Everybody and their mother has a Prime subscription. You got to reevaluate. Does it really make sense to pay now? What is it? it $100 a year? Yeah, I mean, and we'll, for free shipping, right? But and it's, you got to remember, you're spending might, money, right? You're, but you're spending money on Amazon, like sure. If shipping isn't free, maybe it'll help you evaluate whether you need the thing or not. Well, there you go, because my wife is one who says, "Hey, I if I buy something online and I don't get free shipping, I'm not buying it. Dang it, we should have free shipping, right? We're so used to Amazon Prime, and what you just said there was was huge. Well. Does that just make you evaluate? Do I really need this? Am I willing to pay for shipping? (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Because we're really willing to pay $130 a year for Amazon Prime for free shipping. That's right. So reevaluate those kinds of things, whatever yours is. Maybe it's Spotify. I don't know. Maybe it's satellite radio or something like that. There's a pile of subscriptions that most families have. I mean, you know, that's usually a quick way to cut a hundred bucks out of the budget. Right. My wife and I were talking about like maybe, you know, the Disney plus thing needs to go or, you know, cut your cell phone bills, you know, take, if you have kids on your plan, maybe move them to a fixed, really small, you know, data plan. They might not love you as much anymore, but they'll get over it. That's what psychiatrists are for later. So they'll probably be better for it. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's just so many areas in your budget that I know you can cut. Don't go out to eat as much. Yeah. I think this should be a regular exercise. Not only do you do the monthly budget, not only do you revisit it to see if it's working, but every six months or a year or so, look at where you can trim, right? And we're not saying that if you're in a situation that you've got a nice nest egg, you're Mm -hmm. out of debt, you know, you're on a good plan, saving for retirement that you shouldn't spend money like that, even, even in a recession. Okay. Like I'm not, if you have a great income and it's, you're in a good spot by all means budget for fun. Go have a good time. Subscribe to all the crap that you want to subscribe to. but <laughs> Budget for it. But you just need to budget for yeah. it. If you're not using... Ask yourself. If you're not using it, get rid of it. So all of this leads to beefing up the emergency savings. Sure does. I think continuing to fund those sinking funds. Maybe you pre-fund the sinking funds if you're convinced. Right. But you know that's the other thing about beefing up the savings too is you have to somewhat be opportunistic in mm-hmm. recession too. I know that I bought great... Great deals on things that I've wanted, you know, during COVID when people were selling, selling everything. everything. Yeah, right. right. So that was an opportunity I had 
cash stockpiled and I went out and I, I bought stuff on sale big time. Stuff that was in my budget, I guess. Stuff that was in my, you know, I was prepared to buy those things already. So you can be opportunistic uh, sure. if you pile up a little bit of extra savings and things like that. So right. what everybody's afraid of, Jason, is losing a job or getting hours cut back and things like that. So let's talk a little bit about career-wise what you can do to prepare for a recession. Right. What's the big one for you? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's uh, you got to uh, always, no matter what the environment is, mm-hmm. you need to make yourself marketable, expand your skill set, figure out new skills that are going to be valuable to a potential employer. But, you know, as we're recording this, let's let's mention something. Sure. People are still hiring in massive numbers. Yeah. Okay. So like, that's why we're like not at the beginning or asterisks at the beginning is like, we're not saying a recession right. is on the horizon, but business I mean, owners are trying to throw money at you right, right now. Right. I, I mean, just go try to eat at, at a fast food restaurant. Exactly. Right why does, why does Wendy's and Defiance have limited hours? Yeah. You know, yeah. they can't find employees. So, I mean, that is kind of a, a check against a recession at this point. But, you know, your career path, this is something that should always be in your mind. How do I get better? Right. This is just another one of those things that always makes sense. It especially makes sense if you think we're heading to recession, right? If your boss is saying, hey, man, I want to send you to go get training on XYZ, you should be like the first person packing your bag. Yep. And not you're going with like like enthusiasm, yeah, to learn something that you may know even that like it's just another pet project that your boss has. Like, who cares? Go get it. You know, it's absolutely. I mean, you were twisting my arm the other day. Go to Vegas. Go learn. (laughs) I swear, it's a conference. I'm going to learn a lot. But absolutely, take advantage of every opportunity to make yourself more marketable. And sometimes, you know, different employers are offering different things. Maybe they're telling you, go finish your degree. We'll pay for it. Right. Maybe they're telling you, finish up that certification that we want you to work on or get that professional designation. Exactly. Do it. You know, and what you're doing there, not only are you making yourself more marketable to other employees, but you make it harder for that employer to ever get rid of you. That's right. And, and, they, and they know that. Absolutely. But as an employer, Jason, you want people that you don't want to be able to get rid of. You want <laughs> you want valuable people. Hiring people for. is awful. It sucks. Yeah, and it takes a long time and a lot of money. It's a substantial investment. Every business owner experiences that. And you know, you need to take advantage when the when an employer is saying, "Hey, we're willing to we're willing to invest in you because we want you to be happy here." Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Worst case scenario, recession doesn't come. That's our worst case scenario. And you've improved yourself and you've learned and you've continued to grow. But I I see too many times people get comfortable doing what they're doing. They don't want to learn. They don't want to grow. Get out of your cube, man. (laughs) (laughs) If you've returned to your cube. Speaking of, yeah, (laughs) two days back in your cube. uh, That's another one. And here's where I'm going to say I'm not great at this. I'm not either. Network. Get out and mix it up with folks, right? Maybe a recession is in the cards. And unfortunately, you do get cut. It's really nice to know people in your business and in your industry and in your community. And the only way you do that is by getting out and getting to know people, getting to know their business and networking, right? So, yeah, because um, you never know what project or, you know, special new business adventure they have planned that you might be a part of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I take the approach of just hiring good people. Yep. And sometimes it's not, you know, they don't have the exact skills that I'm looking for. But they're just, they're people I want to, I know and like, okay, we're going to bring them in. We're going to train them the way we want them to be. 
And I mean, that's like wildly valuable to yeah. a business owner. So you, you just need to get to know people, you know, and kind of like we, we talked about with savings and being opportunistic during a recession company, there, there are many companies that are going to hurt, but what always happens in a recession is there are companies that will rise to the top and sure. will thrive in these times. And yeah, because they've been planning for this. Absolutely. Well, part of my networking, I, I joined a, a leadership group here in town. Right. Uh, we meet once a month, and that is totally against me. Like uh, my my natural, <laughs> I don't naturally get out and mix it up with folks. So he I have sweats a little it. on Fridays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, and I enjoy it. I really do. Uh, but it's there? just not natural for me to do that. But we we have speakers that come in and one came from a local logistics company. And that was their motto, too, was always developing, always training. We're going to push you. And if we see somebody that displays the qualities or characteristics we want, we might not have a job for them or a a position necessarily that, mm-hmm. that makes sense. We're going to hire the person and create the position. Absolutely. Right? Yep. So, yeah, I mean, these are the things you find out from actually networking. We're a financial podcast. You and I are financial planners, financial advisors. That means we spend a lot of time in the investment world, Jason. Um, I think a lot of folks probably want to know, what do you do with your investments if you think that a recession is looming? For the love of everything, don't <laughs> stop investing. Yeah. And don't try to time things. No. No. Um, okay. I, I, I mean, algorithms, as long as I can draw a yardstick, are out there trying to invest in the market. But for the love, do not stop investing. And I think like everybody gets this like indigestion going and they want to stop and you just can't. This is when people make serious amounts of money. Mm -hmm. So that person that is like got the, you know, four year emergency fund, put it in the market for the love. Deploy it. Exactly. You know, I had a, uh, actually before recording the podcast, I had a a meeting with a client here and we were talking about uh, what's going on in the economy and. You know, basically, I said, if, if we're worried about recession, here's the deal. We won't know until we're already firmly in recession territory. That's right. And so if we're trying to time things, you know, I, I put it this way. The market is great at making smart people look stupid. Sure. And that's exactly what we've seen this year. You got a lot of people calling their shot this year and looking silly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's boring. You knew that we were going to say this. Stick to the plan. You know why? If you have a good plan, recession is built in. That's right. These are things that happen. We know it's going to happen. Stick with the plan. Continue to be disciplined. Continue to invest. Do not try to time things. Yeah, and we hang our hats on the data, uh, the statistical analysis we do on our portfolios. And we know standard deviations and averages and all of that. And the odds are... As one of my old coworkers used to say, alpha, beta, disco, bravo. <laughs> right? That's funny, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we know with statistical probability where we're going to be over a period of five years. Okay? So... See this as an opportunity. If you have all this other stuff in order... By the way, it's not because we're smarter than anybody else. No. The 90% of this is emotion. Absolutely. Okay? 10% of this is head knowledge. But that's why you need someone at your side. Yeah. Okay? Because it's times hard. It's, it's having that extra phone call between you and, and the sell button. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to yank that chain. I'm going to say, listen here, you need to come back to reality. Yeah. Take a couple deep breaths. I realize you might have lost your job. 
But well, you know, there, there's things that need to still occur. It, and so. we talk about time horizon, right? You may have lost a job, but you're still looking for a job. You're not retiring. Now's not the time to go to cash, right? Sure, right. And, and then what about folks who are approaching retirement? They think my time horizon is so much shorter. Well, how long do you plan on living in retirement? Absolutely. Right? Yep. That's your time horizon. If your time horizon is still five, 10 years out, which would be everybody that's investing with us, sure. right? Then the plan is the plan for a reason. These things are built in. Take a deep breath. Yep. Deep cleansing breath. If you've done these other things we've talked about, I don't care what stocks are doing. Go for a walk. <laughs> we know what they're going to do. <laughs> if it doesn't come back, it'll be the first time ever. I always say that again. Absolutely. This was a fun one, Jason, but yeah. we got to wrap it up. So thanks for having a drink with us this week, folks. It's time to close out the tab. If you have a question or a topic you want addressed on the Old Fashioned Finance Podcast, be sure to email us at podcast at bluejfg.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to share the show with someone you love or just someone who needs a little money muddling themselves. You can stay up to date with all of the latest action by following us on Facebook. Old Fashioned Finance is brought to you by Blue Jay Financial Group. That's bluejfg.com and produced by Pottery Studios. We've been your hosts, Caleb and Jason. Cheers. Woo. Blue Jay Financial Group, LLC. Blue Jay is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of Ohio. Registration does not imply a certain level of skill or training. The presence of this advertisement on this podcast shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to a consumer in a particular state by Blue Jay and the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. All verbal and written consent on this presentation is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein are solely those of Blue Jay unless other otherwise specifically cited. Material presented is believed to be from reliable sources and no representations are made by our firm as to other parties' informational accuracy or completeness. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation.